0: Chapter 32 of Wanted a Pedigree. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Ruhi Huck. Wanted a Pedigree by Martha Finley. Chapter 32, A Growing Friendship. Dr. Montiet's beautiful and costly gifts had the desired effect of diverting Nina's thoughts, in a great measure, from the disagreeable subjects which were causing her anxiety and depression of spirits, and thus retarding her recovery. She feasted her eyes on the various articles of dress counted over her money, and finding to her astonishment and delight that it was a $100, pleased herself with planning how she should spend it thinking she would ask her father's permission to send some presents to essie bell and ned and to poor old peggy too yes she murmured to herself the poor old creature shall have a nice new dress and the warmest shawl i can find before the cold weather comes again and growing forgiving in her happiness she half resolved to remember mr and mrs powell also with some little gifts Nina had never before been in actual possession of so large a sum as five dollars, and a hundred seemed to her an almost inexhaustible mine of wealth. Marchand's society too was of great assistance in restoring Nina's wonted cheerfulness and vivacity. He devoted himself to her during the remainder of his vacation, reading to her, playing and singing for her, wheeling her about the grounds in a garden chair, or supporting her with his arm when she began to try walking a little in short making himself so useful and agreeable that the doctor laughingly said they could not spare him from his duties as head nurse and would have to notify the college authorities not to expect him at the opening of the session but before the appointed day for his departure had come nina declared herself quite independent of nurses as she had now gained strength enough to go about the house and even to take a turn in the grounds without assistance or support nevertheless she secretly wished that there was no necessity for losing marchand's pleasant companionship and feared that the house would seem very dull and lonely without him while he on his part had never prepared to leave wald with so much regret nina grew more charming every day as returning health added to her beauty and sprightliness and more intimate acquaintance showed him the fine points of her character her noble ingeniousness perfect freedom from conceit and affectation and her grateful sense of the kindness of dr Montieth and mrs baron her warm heart her keen bright intellect and thirst for knowledge of which considering her limited opportunities she had already acquired a surprising amount nothing escaped her observation insects stones plants and trees everything attracted her attention and more than once or twice her inquiries sent him into the house to search his uncle's library for some book that would give the desired information there never was such a girl he said admiringly to himself again and again so bewitchingly beautiful so noble in character and at the same time so full of intellect and talent uncle may well call her his treasure it was their last day together marchant was to start the next morning after an early breakfast too early for nina to appear at dr Monteith had decided and so their good-byes must be said to-night marchant was undeniably melancholy sighing audibly every now and then nina too felt depressed but determined not to show it laughed and talked with more than her usual vivacity they were under the trees on the lawn she was eagerly turning over the leaves of a work on the natural history of bees which she had just brought at her request from the library while he stood beside her with folded arms gazing down admiringly at the slender graceful figure small white hands and the glowing face half hidden by her garden hat i declare he exclaimed at length i believe you are as much like uncle in your tastes as like aunt nina in your looks how you will enjoy your life here with him sharing his studies of nature and books he'll give you more of his time when i am gone will he she asked looking up with an eager joyous face oh how glad i am "'Yes, and you will forget all about the good times we've been having together "'and never miss me at all,' he muttered in an injured tone "'and turning away with a petulant, half-offended air. "'Oh, no, I'll not, Marchant. "'But you don't want me to mope and fret and make Father unhappy "'when he's so good and kind to me? "'Dear me, what a selfish fellow I am!' "'A perfect dog in the manger,' he said, turning toward her again with a light laugh." nina i don't believe you've ever been in the library yet suppose you come now and let me show it to you oh yes i should like to she said springing up and taking his offered arm it opens on the eastern balcony and the windows like those of nearly all the other rooms in the front building reach to the floor so we will pass around through the grounds and enter by one of them he said leading her on over the grass and underneath the beautiful trees that were the glory and pride of wald she uttered an exclamation of delight as they entered the library it was a large and lofty room lighted on the east side by the windows already mentioned reaching from the floor almost to the ceiling and opening upon the balcony beyond which were long green vistas of light and shade here the branches of great trees meeting overhead there the golden sunshine lying in bright patches on the grass and on the south by a deep bay window looking out upon parterres gay with flowers of every hue and beyond these a tiny wooded mossy dell where a bright little stream came leaping and dancing down the declivity the plash of its waters as they fell into the basin below coming pleasantly to the ear, mingled with the hum of insects and the gentle sighing of the summer breeze within the room a few pieces of rare statuary several choice paintings a cabinet of curiosities and multitudes of books neatly and systematically arranged in cases along the walls presented great attractions to nina's eyes while the neat and tasteful furniture the sofas easy chairs tables and writing desks and the handsome carpet with its lovely shades of green and brown enhanced the effect and made it not only a favourable spot for mental labour but also the most comfortable and agreeable of lounging places there i knew you would like it cried marchant seating her where she could catch the view from both the bay window and the others it's my favourite resort and uncle's too when the weather keeps us within doors but at other times i prefer the shade of the trees outside what are those asked nina nodding toward one of the bookcases novels but you can't read em i can't why not i'd like to know because they are forbidden to me and of course they will be to you uncle considers them very injurious to unformed minds and only occasionally good for older people he doesn't trouble them very often himself i used to read nothing else before i came here but he cut off the supply entirely for a year or two, and now only allows me one now and then as a rest after severe mental labour, and I must be your senior by about three years, I should think. Sure, I've always had a great love for storybooks. I'm positively hungry for one of those now. Well, you have not been forbidden yet, he said, going to the case. What will you have? Here are Scott Thackeray, Dickens, Seawall, Catherine Young, Miss Mullock, etc., etc., quite a host of them all at your service no not at my service merchant she answered gravely i hope that will never be my way of obeying though i don't pretend to any special goodness father is so kind to me i hope i shall always have strength to obey what i know to be his wishes without waiting for commands though i don't know for it's a very great temptation please don't offer them to me again i won't he said coming back to her side i was sure you would not accept my offer nina we'll correspond won't we this is a grand place for letter-writing and i can imagine i see you sitting by this desk inditing an epistle to me i don't know she answered shaking her head and smiling up at him i'm not much used to letter-writing never was allowed to have a correspondent and i doubt if i'd better begin with a collegian i shrink at the thought of the criticisms my poor performances might elicit besides father might object he ought not to if we are to be brother and sister and i don't believe he will i'll ask him to-night dr montiette's consent was readily obtained but nina would not pledge herself to anything i may write and i may not she said and to Marchant's added vexation went on to insist that if she did all their letters must be submitted to her father for his approval but her parting words as Marchant assisted her to her room that night his uncle, kindly giving way to him for the once, quite restored him to good humour. Good-bye, she said, holding out her hand. I hope you will distinguish yourself and make us all proud of you. Make her proud of me? Ah, that is a motive to excite a fellow's ambition, he murmured, turning away with glowing cheeks and kindling eyes, as the door closed between them. End of chapter 32